you are to the Lord's presence and his help with you this past year. And uh, I mean, I was raised as a youngster. That's kind of what we did on New Year's Eve. You know, we met for supper and games and then a service and we all shared, not everybody, but what they were thankful for for this next year and what they're believing God for for the coming year. And so you don't have to, but I want to give you an opportunity to share maybe just a couple of thoughts you might have or what you're thankful for this past year, how God's been faithful, maybe even a promise that he's given you for this next year. And uh, then uh, I want to share with you after that as well some things that the Lord has been showing me and uh, challenging me with. But the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, and these verses will not be on the screen, but so you just have to kind of listen. He said in Philippians, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. I think he was from Texas, you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul is keeping them in prayer, rejoicing in the fact that they received the good news of Christ and they continued to live in it. He invested himself in their lives by sharing Christ with them, but he didn't stop there. Paul continued to pray for them. With joy, he remembered them and he thanks the Lord for his prayers and he thanks the Lord for what he, they did in the gospel, in the past, from the first day until now. So he was thanking God for the past. Now, I think we need to thank the Lord for our past, both the negatives and the positive ones. But don't live in the past. The Israelites, they kind of lived in the past. Friends, we are a special being in that God has given us the ability to remember Now, some people, when they get older, um, they lose some of the ability to remember some things, which isn't always bad, but anyway. But we are a special being that we have this ability to remember. Your memory may be your friend or your enemy, negative things or positive. The Israelites were crippled by their past experiences. They didn't want to enter the promised land because of the failures in the past. They camp at Mount Sinai. Normally it would take 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, which was the threshold of the promised land. It was the desert entry point to the promised land. It was the place from where they sent those 12 spies to spy out the land. But they didn't pursue God's directives, and instead they remain in this place crippled by their past. Friends, living in the past can cripple us and hold us in bondage. Some people live always looking in the rearview mirror. Always in the past. If only, what if, should have, would have, could have, and were held in bondage. One day, God says to the Israelites, it's time to move on. Friends, 2017, it is time to move on. It is time to start girding up our loins, I'd say, and let's get ready for this amazing race that we're in. Living in the past will cripple us. There's some great things we can learn from the past, and we should learn from it. But let's not stay there. The Apostle Paul said, forget the past and strain towards the future. Philippians 3.13, I forget about what lies behind 
and reach forward to those things which are ahead. Now, no one knows what's ahead for any of us. We all have plans and dreams, but the times and the seasons of life are in God's hands. Paul also said, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. You will not succeed by your own strength or power, Zechariah said, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He's the one who helps us to succeed. Paul could face the future. He could face imprisonment and all that waits because he knew God would ultimately deliver him out of it all. And he looks forward to what lies ahead. He is confident, confident that what God starts, friends, listen to this, what God starts, God finishes. What he begins, he finishes. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. 19, or 2016 has been, for some people, um, kind of a, a mixed bag, maybe for everybody. And yet, as we look back and we remember some of those things, what are some highlights of the year where you look back and say, wow, here's where God did this, and here's where God did this. Here's where he showed me. Here's where he helped me. Here's where he maybe healed your body. Here's where he worked this out, checked whatever. So we're going to give you an opportunity to share. I didn't warn you because I didn't want you to come with a whole sermon. But we do, we do want to give you this opportunity. Anybody just want to come and share some highlight of 2016 of what God has done in your life, what you're thankful for, and maybe for what you're looking for ahead. Charlie. Say thank you, Charlie, for being number one. You made it easier for me. Good morning, everyone, and greetings. We want to extend, my wife and I, to you all, a very happy and prosperous New Year. For those of you who don't know me, I've been coming here for almost one year. But my history is such, this is a very memorable year for me. I'm entering my 72nd year, and God has promised us three score and ten, right? So I'm an overtime. (laughs) But one thing I want to tell you is that about a year and three months, I was diagnosed with cancer, leukemia of the AML type. And for those of you who know about cancer, uh, you know, it's described as a stage four and thus. But for me, AML, they tell me, I could be gone like that. There's no warning. So when I was diagnosed in in, uh, September 2015, uh, really, I'm not supposed to be here. But I thank God for his grace, you know, and his provision through chemotherapy. And I believe God uses the medium of uh, medical science. Um, He has endowed physicians 
with the ability to treat us. So I believe it's a gift of God. So now I want to tell you that through this experience, this journey of almost uh, 15 months, that I have learned something that I never knew before. You know, the Bible says that the, key, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and give us more abundantly. And uh, I've taken to that, and daily, you know, I know that uh, if I claim God's promises, that he will give me longer life. And he has been faithful to me. When I go to take the therapy and they look at my card and they says, were you born in 45? I says, yeah. And it opens up a whole new area of ministry because I like telling people about Jesus and his saving grace. So they ask me, what's your secret? I says, you really want to know? I says, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. So where I was going, I'm from Trinidad in the Caribbean. I was going back every year, spending two, three months, and teaching people how to lead others to Jesus. Now, in the last couple of years, I haven't been able to, but God has opened up a new arena for me. And I take, I, take, I grasp that, and I, I use every opportunity to share the gospel. So I want, to, I want to encourage you, if you are sick in body, claim that promise that he can heal you. That's one of his uh, promises to us. When he went to the cross, he did two things. Those 39 stripes that he took represents every, every arm of disease and suffering that any human being can uh, experience. So he took those 39 stripes for our salvation and for our healing. So this is what, that's the road I'm on, is to tell others how good Jesus is, and he is the great healer. Amen. Amen. And you've been, you've been uh, joined at the hip for how many years now? Oh, this year, Judy and I will be married 51 years. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Somebody else? Thank you. Uh, 2016... Um, as I think you described earlier, was a mixed bag. If you uh, focus on all the noise out there, reading the paper all the time, you can get kind of brought down by it. And uh, I think it it, it uh, kind of covers you like a blanket and you kind of sometimes feel hopeless. And uh, I think what you have to do is, is just know that the light will conquer the darkness. And uh, in our last year, uh, we focused on things like that and we were blessed with a granddaughter our first granddaughter and uh, in September and her name is Lillian Grace and she's a beautiful little girl 
and we're very blessed to have her, and uh, we're very blessed to have our grandchildren. And uh, Colette and I have uh, gone through a year. She was injured, and she's always falling down. She broke a, a vertebrae in her back. She fell on her back. It was pretty serious, but we went for a long walk yesterday, and the Lord is touching us and our relationship and our marriage every day. And uh, we have to thank God and Jesus for those blessings. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. I think it's important for us to give God praise. Amen. Anybody else? No? Sure. Every year I pick a, a word that, uh, that I want to define the coming year. I've done this for about eight or nine years now. And this year, uh, it's actually my wife's word. So uh, I'm adopting it now. It's um, inspire. And uh, I want to, th- th- there's a difference between motivating somebody and inspiring somebody. Motivating is kind of a, what we would call a lower law. It's that there's a, like a motive attached to it. But when you, but when you inspire somebody, it's kind of a higher, it's an it's a in-spirit idea. And um, that we would inspire people in our workplace. We would inspire our children to go on and do great things. We'd be inspired in our marriage. Lord, we know what those rocky times are like. We know full well what, the, what that's like. Inspired uh, in the church here, in worship, in the word. And, uh, and every day coming in contact with people. That we would inspire people. And, and that when we leave a conversation or a room, they would go, whoa, is that? Right, because we've inspired them and they've they've experienced Jesus just just in a in a simple, sometimes almost insignificant way, and yet as it's touched their lives, uh, that they too would would be inspired. That God breathed idea. So that's our word going forward. Amen. Yeah, it's okay to clap. Yeah, it's okay. Inspire them. So, um, yeah, we are really thankful to the Lord with my family because, well, we moved from Argentina this year. Are you drinking, Pastor? Hold <laughs> <Close laughs> it close. <laughs> Anyways, um, we are really happy to be here, and it's so nice to, to meet uh, everyone still. And um, we are uh, thankful to the Lord because uh, we have seen His, uh, his hand over, over everything, <clears throat> taking care of us. And providing for our needs, for our daughter, for our family, for our marriage, and we are also grateful to the Lord because He um, He had provided us uh, well all all the money for the the trip. There was a lot of money that we have to spend, and He was faithful. And we are looking forward for this year. And as Kevin said, we also take uh, I also take the time to pray at the end of the year to to look for the presence of the Lord, and He. He gave me this word yesterday about this year, and he said in the um, book of Exodus 33, verse 14, the Lord said to Moses, and I believe the Lord is, is saying also to us, my presence, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And it was great to see this song today, actually. I believe that the Lord will bring rest to our hearts, to our families, and... Uh, well, we are thankful, and we are looking forward for what the Lord has in store for us and for the church in this uh, next year. Thank you. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Anybody else? There's a little phrase that says, wise men still seek him. <clears throat> and um, so my prayer for this year, I've got, we've got a lot to be thankful for, but my prayer for this year is that I would get to know God better. Because I, th- I think if we keep our, our mind and our thoughts focused on seeking God and knowing him, then all the other things kind of just work themselves out. So... There's a verse um, in the Gospels that says when, I can't remember the where, but I never knew you. You did this and this and that in my name, but I don't know you. And it's easy to, to act like a Christian, but not be one. And my deepest prayer is that I would really be one and I would know him and that I would hear his voice and really hear his voice, and not just my own thoughts, and then I would do what he says. Amen. One more? Not that tall. Um, I've been wrestling whether to come up here, but... I got the kick, so I'm up here. This last year has been really tough. Um, I got to admit, when Joe left, um, I saw a lot of work. (laughs) And so this last year has been a really big struggle for me, and I need to ask the church for forgiveness. My attitude has sucked. I've been rude. I've been um, angry. I've been set aside and going... God, why don't you show up? And it's not your fault. That's mine. That's my mind, and that's my heart saying, God's not good enough. And so today I want to ask your forgiveness. And what I'm focusing on this year is the joy of the Lord. A couple, couple of weeks ago, we were singing, and we sang a new song, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. And that's what I'm standing on this year. Last year was tough. We had deaths. We had... Different things happen, and so this year it's going to be a good year. And I pray that God reveals his spirit to you and that he breaks your heart (laughs) in a way that you experience the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Wes. Okay, maybe one more. It's good to see the young people participate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say that uh, we started coming here, I think, in, uh, in August, and uh, we really enjoy it. We feel God's Holy Spirit in this place, which is so important these days. And this is a beautiful beautiful building 
And I just feel in my heart that there's going to be more people coming to find Jesus and to worship him the way he should be worshipped. Yes. And uh, we're, very, we're very happy to be here. And uh, we give God praise. We've had healings, uh, my wife and I. God has touched us when we needed touches. And uh, it's, it's been good. It's been good. And we're looking forward to, to a year of fellowship here and to be a witness in this city. Amen. Now, for some who may not know you, your names are and how long have you been married? <laughs> it's Richie and Gloria Fons, and uh, we've been married 31 years. And uh, we're not quite as young as we look. But <laughs> That's okay. In the heart. In the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. Amen. <clears throat> they have tremendous um, years of experience with uh, in the Pentecostal movement. Uh, years ago, associated with uh, church when it was in Montgomery, right? And then Christian Center and um, Center Street. Did I miss any? Beddington. Um, and so um, they have a, and you just, it doesn't take long talking with them. They have a yearning and a longing for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And um, the other day when I was, uh, and every year as well, I, I asked the Lord for a directive word for a thrust and a particular focus in the church. And um, <clears throat> so this year when I was praying and, and reading, the verse that really came to me, and we've been discussing this, my wife and I, for some time now, where Jesus said, in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he said, and he gave this command to the church, that we're to go, not make converts, even though that's a part of discipleship process, but we're to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything that God has and the Lord has given. And so we look at 2017, and uh, I've talked about it with, with my wife and I have talked about it, I've talked about it with Roger and Megan. We really believe that the, one of the thrusts we're going to have as a church is in this whole area of discipling. We need to make disciples. And obviously, with that goes hand in hand, a greater and more, um, shall I say, intentional approach to this whole thing of prayer. Uh, prayer is so key, and um, it's it's one of the it's one of those corporate gatherings that people find all kinds of excuses not to attend. And uh, <clears throat> I really believe that a church needs to come together and pray. And so we're, we're looking at some different focuses and different ways to incorporate that, and you'll be hearing more about that. But while I was thinking about this and praying, um, and one night I, I, I was up in the middle of the night and I went down to our den. I was just sitting there and thinking about 2017. And, and right out of the... Remember in our life groups we were doing, uh, we went through that uh, seminar, Listening Prayer, Hearing God. And so I've been really trying to, to practice that, you know, just listen. Um, not to talk so much, but just listen 
and, and just see what God has to say. And right out of, we'll just say out of the blue, came this 10, 1, 10. 10, 1, 10. I'm sitting there, and I, I, I didn't have pizza. I didn't have anything that really got me, you know, thinking weird. And I'm, so I'm saying, Lord, what's 10, 1, 10 mean? 10, 1, 10. And, and wasn't really getting anywhere with this, uh, trying to find what this meant. And so I eventually went back to bed, and the next day in my office, I was sitting there, 10, 1, 10, 10, 1, 10, 10, 1, 10, 10, 1, 10. And so it began to unfold. And so I went on, internet is amazing. So there's this uh, thing on, on Google where you can, you know, get, get a map of Calgary. And so I pinpointed where the church was and I said, okay, what's the population in a 10-kilometer radius of Northwest Family Church? Do you know that in a 10-kilometer radius, which isn't that far, that doesn't even extend to Cochrane. But a 10-kilometer radius around Northwest Family Church has 253,500 people in a 10-kilometer radius. I thought, wow, that's a lot of people. Now, I know that people come to Northwest Family Church from farther than that, but 10, some 10 kilometers. Now, I don't know, maybe the Lord meant 10 miles. I'm not sure, but 10 kilometers. I think he's up on... The latest, it's not miles now, it's kilometers. So 10 kilometers. So 253,500 people. So, if we were to believe God for 1% of 253,500 people, 2,535 people in 10 years. Now, I don't say 10-1-10, 10 years being... A lack of faith that it wouldn't happen sooner, but 10. So I began to think about that. 10, 1, 10, 10, 1, 10, 10, 1, 10. So I began to do some math. If, in fact, we have approximately 100 people, just for numbers' sake, that call this their church home, 100 people. So in the whole concept of discipleship, if we were to disciple 50 of those people, that in the next year, those 50 would bring one person each to Northwest Family Church, either new believers or, you know, those aren't going to church, whatever. So in the first year, we would go from 100 to 150. Now, if we were to disciple half of the 150, 75, and they in turn went and brought back one person, now you've got a 75 on there, now you're 225. Do you know that in the course of 10 years... We would have, I wrote that down somewhere, 5,700 people in 10 years. Now, that's more than 1%. So I'm saying, okay, Lord, I want to believe for 10-1-10. And I want to do everything in humanly possible with your spirit helping us to to disciple and train and raise up people and encourage people and inspire people. There's a lot of people in the 253,500 people in a 10-kilometer radius who do not go to church and are not at this point interested in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And friends, every one of us go out into that mission field every day. Every day. And you know that the majority, they say the percentage of people 
who would respond to an invitation to attend a function at a church is very, very high if they just be invited. And every one of us, Jesus spoke to us in Matthew, end of the gospel, when he commanded us and said, asked us to go and make disciples of all nations. And friends, I've always, and you've heard from me before, I firmly believe God wants Northwest Family Church to be represented with multiple nations. One church, many, many nations. And so, 10 one ten. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask the Lord to help us to devise strategies and plans and everything else to go along with that. And uh, that God would help us to, um, you know, see... Now, 50% of the congregation is not that many. We've got 50, half the church to invite somebody in a year. That's 12 months. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very doable. Don't you think we... If you invited somebody next week, guess what? You just, you just fulfilled your part of that 50% next week. But you'll get so excited about it, you'll want to do it again. And you'll get so excited when you are instrumental in seeing somebody come to Jesus Christ, right, Charlie? When you, when you lead someone to Jesus Christ and enter into the excitement of new birth and new life, there is nothing like it. I mean, having a grandchild is one thing, but having a birth into the family of God is just Undescribable. Ten one ten. You'll hear more about it. And uh, we, in fact, want to uh, establish here at Northwest Family Church um, um, a very um, intentional discipling process and arm and training and seeing people released in ministries and, and uh, friends. I want, I, want, I want to go on record now and tell you this. This is going to be one of the most exciting places for you to attend in 2017. I mean, the lid's coming off, what God wants to do. And so, um, and I think, and take Kevin's word too, and Roger's word, I mean, and others, our conversations ought to be inspiring. They ought to be, and you and I both know, would you rather go and have a conversation with somebody who makes you, who lifts you, or when you leave, you feel like you're carrying about a 67-pound bag of garbage? I mean, we want to be inspired, and so we inspire other people. God has great plans, and I believe that uh, he wants to do something amazing, amazing, amazing. So if there's one more, we'll take one more. I just want to thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Uh, Ten years ago, I gave birth to special needs daughter who was supposed to die in a couple of days. And she lived for seven years, and she's been gone for three and a half years. Last two years, Ron hasn't had much work. Um, just in the last two weeks, my, my uncle turned 100. His wife of 78 years died three days later. The day before, friend's uh, four-and-a-half-year-old special needs daughter died. A few days later, another special needs child that we were associated died. And all this is through Christmas, supposed to be the family time, the joyful time, stuff like that. But you know what? Despite all of the things that are going on, 
God has provided. He's met our needs um, every time and say to Ron, you know what, I don't know if we're going to make it another couple of weeks without some kind of financial changes or something like that. God would provide work for a few days, a few weeks, a few months. Somebody would gift us something. Uh, there would just be always something that God would do um, when we're asking, when we're not asking, from unexpected sources, encouragement. So I just want to encourage you, we serve a faithful God. He gives us joy and peace uh, despite all the stuff that's going on because circumstances change. Your happiness can change, but the joy of the Lord is always your strength. And he will um, guide you. He will lead you if you just hang on to him. He is so faithful. He is a wonderful God, and he is to be rejoiced. And my word the last years that God has been given me is restoration. So I've been praying for restoration for your families, for the church, for people associated with the church, um, ones that have tended in the past. I don't know what that means. For some, it may mean salvation. For some, we know it's been relationships. For some, it's coming back to the church. For some, it's going to a different church. I don't know, but God is restoring, and uh, I rejoice in all that he's doing for us. Amen. Yes, he is. Amen. We want to remember in prayer um, Chooks and Adeshua's son, who's in the hospital with meningitis, and pneumonia. Um, Toby? Toby. And uh, Bruce was in the hospital for a little while. It's good to see you, Bruce. And uh, I talked to Bruce on the phone yesterday, and he's doing better, but um, still needs a touch in his body. Um, Anybody else you want us to include you in prayer this morning? Anybody? Ron's not well. A few people got the sniffles. Father, we're so grateful. We come to a God who hears and answers prayer. And there's nothing too hard for you. I thank you for Bruce here today. We thank you for your touch upon him. But know, Lord, that you came to complete the work. And we're believing that, Father, this year the answers to Bruce's prayers will be seen and Realize within his body. Touch him, we pray, in a powerful way in the name of Jesus. For young to obey, Lord, we just, we just pray that even as he's in the hospital, been diagnosed with meningitis and pneumonia, Father, I just pray that the presence of God would fill that room and you would touch that little body and you'd strengthen and restore him. Touch Ron at home and others who are Under the weather, we just know that, God, you are concerned and interested in every one of us. I thank you for each person who shared. And everyone here has a story. Something, Lord, that they could relate. And I pray that they would find somebody to share their story with. Of their relationship with Jesus Christ and your faithfulness in their life. And we give you thanks for it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Watch one more video clip as we conclude.